Good morning, everybody. Good morning. I was asked about a dozen times if I wanted to have the pulpit down here, so I finally said yes to it. <laughs> so forgive me for being right in your lap here in the front row, but I figured that's what, that's what we need to do. So, uh, so good to be able to be with you guys here today, and, uh, and I found that there are uh, two vital truths that have been very important in my life. One of those is that the ultimate demonstration of God's love for us is found in Jesus being sent to the planet. The Bible tells us that in John 3.16, right? That God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. The actual ultimate demonstration of God's love is found in Jesus. Now, I'm going to focus on that a little bit later when I get into the message. Uh, But what I want to tell you about here is the second vital truth that God showed me one day, and that is Jesus is the ultimate demonstration of God's love, but God's immediate demonstration of love is sending his children. And what happens is Jesus said, as I was sent, so I send you. Well, how was he sent? He was sent as a demonstration of the love of God. Right? And so, of course, he is the ultimate one, but he has sent us to be that connecting point where he sends his immediate demonstration of love that helps to connect people with his ultimate demonstration of love. You are God's immediate demonstration of love. Your jobs, your neighborhoods, the things that you're involved with, you are God's immediate demonstration of love. And as I was considering the Hiltons this morning, what was on my heart, uh, the There's only one conclusion that I could come to in relation to this second truth, and that is God is absolutely crazy in love with you people. Why do I say that? Because he sent the Hiltons to you. They are God's immediate demonstration of love to you and to this region. Would you take a moment... I know you started to clap already, but I want to ask you something. I want to ask you if you recognize God's favor on you, recognize God's demonstration of love on you by sending the Hiltons, would you take a moment, stand to your feet, and put your hands together, and let's thank God for your pastors this morning. Come on, you can do better than that. You can do better than that. Come on. <laughs> Listen, I want to thank you too for laying your lives down for the gospel. We know that you've done this work in obedience to the Lord. And we know that there are sacrifices that many don't know and they're not familiar with. And we know that you have said yes to whatever Jesus wanted you to do with your life. And we're so thankful that you're here. We're so thankful that God has entrusted this place with you two. What an incredible couple. I I know Dr. Dr. Hillary? (laughs) Melody. Dr. (laughs) Melody. Dr. Melody Hilton. I was trying to say Hilton and Melody at the same time. And uh, I know her very well for several years now. And I want you to know that she has an incredible anointing on her life. 
and carries herself with integrity. And when she is uh, in our neck of the woods doing things, there is such great honor. I want you to know that you people are blessed. You are extraordinarily blessed. And they love I'm talking about them right now. It's their favorite thing. (laughs) They're like, move on. But it's true. We need to walk in honor of our leadership and recognize sometimes we can be so familiar with what we have that we lose the perspective of what's been given to us. And you guys have been given a gift in this family, in these two. And God is so proud of you two. So proud of you. And uh, I, I feel like uh, on my heart for this house as we were worshiping that the Lord spoke to me a couple of things. And one of those is I felt like in this house, God is going to raise up some type of online influence. And uh, that it, it's both for this house and it's also for uh, some specific people, a part of this house. I feel like there's some online businesses or something of that nature God's going to raise up, but also there's going to be an online influence of this house itself. And I saw people in closed countries listening and watching you too and encountering the Holy Spirit there in their homes. And I saw God sending, broadcasting you across the world. And I just saw a great online influence here. And I also heard the words prophetic missions movement. And uh, I feel like there's going to be strategic missions uh, involvement through this house, even raising up of missionaries, but not just like long-term missionaries, but specific uh, open doors for people, uh, some of them that have been sitting in the chairs, but God's putting a, a, a word in their mouths to go and... Uh, I want to encourage all of you that if, the, if this house is doing a missions trip for you to sign up, because I feel like there's going to be a prophetic edge to what you're doing, and that God's going to give you some things strategically to release into different nations. There's a prophetic missions movement that God is stirring in the atmosphere here, and I just want to celebrate that and submit that to you guys to pray into. It's so good being able to spend time with everybody here. Before I get into the message itself, I probably should highlight a couple of things. Uh, One is brought some material with me. It's on the table here in the back. There's a sign-up sheet if you want to keep in touch with us. My my wife actually received an invitation to another church, so she's ministering somewhere else uh, and uh, the same day. So she's doing that. We pastor a church and uh, we travel. I've been traveling since I was 16. And uh, we travel and minister in different places. And if you want to keep up with what we're doing, we're uh, about to kind of revamp our traveling ministry. It's called Life Ministries International. And uh, we're going to be starting some personalized training and modules people can get into for training on things like evangelism and dream interpretation and a few other things. And uh, so we're looking forward to doing that. We're, our, our website's pretty bad right now, but it's going to get really good soon. <laughs> and, but if you want to, we send out a, a newsletter. If you guys want to stay in touch, uh, you can put your email address on there. And my wife has a, an e-book. I don't have it with me because it's only an e-book. It's called Christ the Wonderful Counselor. If you go to our website, you can find that. And our website is called releasinglife.com. Releasinglife.com. You can go to that if you want to. Christ, the wonderful counselor. We think uh, Jesus being called the wonderful counselor means that he did it right. And so why don't we find out how Jesus helped 
make people whole. And so that's really what that book is exploring. I encourage you guys to get that. It's a steal, man. It's, it costs hardly anything. The two things we brought with us in the house, one is a CD of uh, my wife did. She's working on another one to release this year. Looking forward to that. But this one right here has got songs that my wife wrote. And uh, my wife's very talented musically. I can play the radio. That's about all my <laughs> musical abilities come to. But these are all songs that she wrote and produced and they are very word-based. You get this in you, you get the word in you. And uh, so I encourage you guys to pick up one of these. Who had a birthday recently? Nobody? No one had birthdays. Who was the last? Who had a birthday in December? You had a birthday in December? Yeah. Who had a birthday? January 12th. January 12th. All right. This is for you, brother. That's a recent birthday. You guys are like, not raising your hand. All right. That's Happy birthday. All right, they, you can pick that CDs over there in the back, and uh, they are not being given away, but you can buy them. And matter of fact, tell you guys a secret: there, uh, this year Christmas is going to be happening December twenty fifth. So if you want to have that on your calendar, you can go ahead and purchase a CD, several CDs, and have them ready. You're done Christmas shopping already in January. Look how ahead of the game you'll be. So anyway, you guys can pick that up in the back if you want. We also have here a book called The Basics in 21 Days. Uh, this book here is a 21-day devotional for, uh, well, it's really foundational Christian beliefs. And uh, I ended up writing it because I, I was wrestling with some of the kind of new Christian stuff that was out there. Uh, and a lot of them were either overwhelming or it watered things down to be a nice person. And I thought, why can't we tell somebody who just gave their life to Jesus they can hear from God and start this thing off as a relationship? And so that I ended up writing my own. And my wife had a huge contribution in this, and so we really wrote it together. But that's why on day one we start out with hearing the voice of God. Now, it includes two-way journaling. You're hearing from God and writing what he's telling you all the way through the book so that you know this is really about a relationship and not about trying to fulfill a checklist. Now, if you're not familiar with Christianity or even church, we have some helps back here. This, this page is called Christian Lingo. And so you know we're in our own subculture, right? And sometimes we speak in a way that you already have to know what's going on to know what's going on. And we say things and we know what we're talking about, but if somebody doesn't really know Jesus, they don't know what you're talking about, Right? And so here's some words you might hear. If you're not familiar with church or you lead somebody to Jesus and they're not familiar with church, then this right here is a good area for them to read so they can survive their first service they go to. <laughs> so they can connect with what's going on. So who here recently led somebody to Jesus? You just pray, led somebody to Jesus. Back here, you led somebody to Jesus recently. All right, this is for you. I want you to give this to them, Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you for robbing hell. Let's keep doing it. So that's back there. Here's what I encourage you to do. We just have a few of those here. I'm almost, almost out of those. But if you want to buy some in faith, saying, God, I believe this year I'm going to lead three people to you, and I'm going to buy these three books to give to them. Why not? You begin to sow into what you're believing God for. All right, so I encourage you guys just to consider that, and uh, you can make yourself available to those things in the back. Uh, we 
introduce a few people that are with me. We have Katie and Kelsey back here. They're from our church. Amazing people. Love these guys. If you get a chance to get prayer from them, I highly encourage it. They're just incredible. And uh, over here we have Brian and Camden. They're pop your head open and wave. These are some people from second year students from our from uh, Dr. Randy Clark's ministry school uh, that uh, Dr. Melody comes and teaches in has has been for several years now, and uh, they are exceptional people. If you can get prayer from them today. I would highly highly encourage it. They're here to minister to you guys as well, and so we just love being able to come and partner with this house. It's the first time I've been here, but I feel at home. And I just love you guys. You're amazing. You're such an incredible environment here. And uh, I loved seeing our drummer sing at the same time. That was amazing. That was, uh, that was so good. First time I saw that, I'm going I'm to make a confession here. I went to a Barlow Girls concert. I don't know if you guys ever heard of them or not. But the, uh, the drummer was singing at the same time. I don't know. Is our drummer in here or not? No. She's in the back with the kids. Anyway, that was the first time I saw that happen. I was like, what in the world? That was amazing. So anyway, incredible place. Just love what God is doing here in this house. And so uh, as was said earlier, I have the privilege of working at Global Awakening. We have a uh, ministry school there. It's called Global School of Supernatural Ministry. And if you want to see uh, more of... Dr. Melody, come to school there. <laughs> she comes there once a week, teaches our second-year students, and we also invite her to come out as much as we can to our summer school. We have a three-week summer school happens in June, and that's a blast. We have uh, people come from all over the world to come to our three-week school. I encourage you guys to check that. If you have any questions, I'll be happy to help you with that after the service. And I work part-time for a facilitator in an online ministry school, and we pastor a church, and we travel and minister. We have a few books and CDs and things out. So that's some of the things that we're involved with, but primarily we're just out loving people. And it's our privilege to be able to do that to many people around the world, and my privilege to be here with you today. All right, so you guys ready? Yeah. I got something really big on my heart. It's really simple, but it's really big. I'm excited to get into it with you today. If you take your Bibles over to James chapter 1. James chapter 1 and verse number 17. I'm reading out of the New American Standard just to warn you. It says this, Every good thing given and every perfect gift, everybody say gift, is from above, coming down from the Father of lights with whom there is no variation or shifting shadow. Let's take a moment and pray. God, I thank you so much for your word that's true every time we dive into it. And I ask today that you would give us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Give us the ability to understand and empower us to live out your truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Can I get you guys to shout out gift giver? Gift giver. We're going to get to this in just a moment, but I want to highlight that word because it's really central to what today is really about. But if you kind of keep a pulse on the church and things that God is emphasizing and bringing out into the body of Christ in our day, one of those is his posture towards us. And specifically, you can see this by God highlighting identity. Everybody say identity. Yes. 
Now, let me just say this. My background is more uh, kind of deep south of America. I grew up in Georgia, and it has affected the way that I like to preach and it's affected the way I like to interact with people. Where I come from, people like to open their mouth a little bit and talk back to the preacher. And so let's just work on it. Everybody say amen. Amen. All right, you're free to say amen. Amen means so be it, and it means that's a good word, preacher. All right, so you're free to open your mouth if you want to along the way. And I just encourage you to do that because if you just stare at me, I'll think I'm not making any sense, and I'll keep saying the same thing over and over and over again. Amen. That's I know. That's how we get going. All right. And so within the body of Christ, God has been challenging the church to understand his posture towards the church or towards people. And one of those areas is, is in identity. And so you see a major focus within the body of Christ to understand that God is interested in who we were created to be, not just what we can do for him. In other words, God is changing a focus from behavior modification to transformation. Yeah. That God is calling the church to understand that Jesus died for us because of who we are to God, not because of what we did to God. God is interested in who we are and the value that we are created with value. God is challenging the church and challenging people to understand his heart better towards us. Well, what I'm bringing you today is kind of another challenge in along the same vein. I feel like God is raising up a challenge within the church what I'm about to share with you today, I've never heard anybody say, it doesn't mean they haven't, and it doesn't mean I'm right. As a matter of fact, if you hear somebody say, this is, no one's ever said this before, then you need to question it. So, uh, but well, I'm not saying this to you because I feel like it's happening across the body of Christ. What I'm releasing to you today, I feel like, is a prophetic unction that's coming into the body of Christ. And if you haven't heard it, you will. I really feel that in my heart. And that is God's challenging our understanding of his posture of what he wants to do to us and through us. Okay, so first there's a posture of who we are to God. God is challenging that. But now I feel like God is all, and that's going to continue because we have more people that are getting saved. We need to keep being reminded of that truth. That's not going away. That's truth is truth, right? And we need to keep hearing that. But I feel like there's another shift that's happening, and it is this challenging of God's posture towards our understanding of his heart of what he wants to do to us and through us. Let me kind of put this in context because it really comes back to this verse we looked at, that God is a gift giver. Let me put this in context of my own life for you, and I'll come back to this. Uh, For most of my life, I have felt very driven. I was called into ministry when I was five years old. The Lord spoke to me in an audible voice, and I've been preaching ever since then. Officially since I was 16, I preached anything and listened to me before that. And I felt like this purpose on my life. This, and I felt like I was called, I was assigned to something in my life. Even before that, my mom told me when she was 10 years old that the Lord came to her in a dream when she was just a child and told her I was going to be born and what to name me. And when I was born, I was supposed to die. The doctor said I wouldn't live to be five years old. And I was almost completely deaf. And my grandmother went in. I thank God for grandmothers. My grandmother went into the church and asked her pastor to pray for me. Now, the pastor's name was John Kilpatrick, if you've ever heard of Brownsville Revival. And he prayed for me. I went in for my next checkup, and the doctor said there was nothing wrong with this kid. And the year I was supposed to be dead by, I got born again. 
gave my life to Jesus. And the same year, God spoke to me and called me into ministry. And my heart has been ablaze with the calling on my life ever since I was a child to the degree that I let some other things slide. My heart burned for the lost. I remember staying up late at night as a nine-year-old, just, just weeping for the lost around the world. And my passion and my heart was to rob hell. There are too many people that were going to hell, and there's an assignment on my life to do something about it. I didn't know what the people looked like. I didn't know the language that they spoke, but I would have visions in my mind of the whole world. I'd see my heart over different continents of the world. I'd weep and I'd beg God, give me the lost as my inheritance as a child. And I would go door to door. I did all kind of evangelistic stuff. I did surveys. I chased people down the street. I stood up in restaurants and rebuking the devil. I did all kind of stuff, man. Anything I could think. I just wanted to see people get saved. I didn't want to see people give their lives to Jesus. It was the, the calling, the, the passion that was inside of my heart. And I saw many, many people come to Christ. I did a lot of things wrong. But God has mercy. He's so, he's so merciful. And so I, I had this mindset. I felt driven. I didn't know how to hang out with people. Everything was about ministry. Why are we talking? Why are we watching the football game? People are dying and going to hell. Let's pray. Let's go out and do something. <laughs> felt driven inside. And God began to challenge that in me. Because what happened began to happen in my life is I began to find that as my ultimate purpose. You know, we can miss the mark on what God's purpose is for us, and then we live from a false starting position. Think about this. Some people think that God's heart is to create worshipers, that the greatest thing we can do is worship because there's a lot of worship that happens in eternity. I would suggest to you that God did not create worshipers. I would suggest to you that we don't serve an insecure God. God was not sitting there going, I feel really bad about myself. I need to create some beings that will love me and that will worship me so I can feel good again. I would suggest to you that our highest calling is family. God didn't create worshipers. He created family. You see, but if we start out as worshipers, as that is what our greatest calling can be, then we'll approach God from that perspective and not from the perspective of that our worship actually means something to God. When you recognize your highest calling is your value that he created you with as family, then you recognize no one can replace your voice. No one else can love God on your behalf. If you approach God as a worshiper, then you think you're just one face in a million. I'm just somebody in the crowd. I don't really matter that much. But no, the truth is he's absolutely crazy in love with you. He created people who could recognize his greatness and had the privilege of touching his heart. Imagine the creator of the universe humbles himself and allows us to bring meaningful worship to him. That's, in my opinion, the right approach to worship. God's not insecure. He's already okay with himself. Amen. But he's not okay living without you. That's why he died. He couldn't live without you. 
So we want to make sure we have the right posture. And I found this challenge in my own life regarding some several areas. And it keeps getting bigger, to be honest with you. So I'm going to share some of these areas. One of them is with this area of calling. Because I had this so ingrained and so passionate with inside of me. I want to make sure that they're just kind of a, a holy adjustment this morning. If you go over to Ephesians chapter 4, you find kind of our quintessential calling area. In Ephesians chapter 4, I'm going to read some of these verses. I'm going to read 7 and 8 and then skip over to 11 and 12. You can go back to the context some other time. And let me just say this as a caveat. If you really connect with uh, the message today God ministers to you and it helps you out, then I, I just want to encourage you, if you're new to this church, uh, to come back again because your pastors bring in great people. And if today's like, that was the dumbest thing I have ever heard, and you're, you're a first-timer here, or you're new here, come back anyway, because I won't be here next week. <laughs> you guys over in Ephesians chapter 4? Yeah. All right, listen to these words. What I'm about to tell you is not my fault. It's in the Bible. It says, verse 7 and 8, and then 11 and 12, but to each one of us, grace was given according to the measure of Christ's gift. Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high, he led captive a host of captives, and he gave gifts. Everybody say gifts. Yes. He gave gifts to men. Now, verse 11. And he gave some as apostles and some as prophets and some as evangelists and some as pastors and teachers for the equipping of the saints and the work of service to the building up of the body of Christ. Okay. So within the, the context of calling, I'm going to expand this into a few other areas this morning, but what I felt God challenged me with is this. God is not our heavenly boss handing out job assignments. Mm -hmm. He's our heavenly father giving good gifts. I felt like I'm on assignment from heaven. Let me check off. I've, I've got a mandate. I've got a mission. I've got a commission. I've got something to do for the Lord. And living, driven, when he's like, whoa, 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 calm down, buddy. Calm down. Come here. I'm your father, not your employer. See, sometimes we can approach what we feel called to do as this heavenly assignment as an employee. And he's not our heavenly boss. He's our heavenly father. And it does not say, and he gave assignments unto men. It doesn't say, and he gave job descriptions unto humanity. It says, he came and gave gifts. Somebody say gifts. Yeah. We got to get this right. God is challenging our, our understanding of his posture towards what he wants to do through us. We are not serving a boss. We're in relationship with God, with our father. Let me unpack this just a little bit for you. First of all, in the area of that he gave gifts, that he gave these callings, one is that these are things to come through us. As I mentioned in the beginning of, the, of my time coming up to the pulpit, that God loved this area so much that he sent the Hiltons to you, right? That he is an expression of his gifts to this area, Right? We are not called in the ministry so we feel better about ourselves. Right. 
We're not called in the ministry, so we have something to do. There's a calling on your life, whatever venue that is, whether it is something related to pulpit or whether it's something that's in the marketplace, whatever calling is on your life, whatever you feel like God's wanting you to do that's burning within your heart, he isn't giving you that, so you find your purpose, your identity, and your value, your significance, and what you are called to do. That is actually a gift through you. You are God's gift to someone else. God loves those people so much, he's putting something in you to give over to someone else, right? And so when I got called in ministry, I began to find my value, my significance. I'm called in ministry. God spoke to me in an audible voice. Whoop-de-doo. Him calling in ministry is not about what he did to me. He called me in a ministry right now for your benefit. Many things God has done in my life is for you. Not so I can find my value in it. Now, secondly, God's calling in your life is a gift to you as well. It's a gift through you, but it's also an expression of a gift to you. He's not giving you an an assignment. He's giving you a gift. Let me put it this way. I'm a father of two girls, an eight-year-old, two-year-old. Let's say I bought my eight-year-old a bicycle, and it it came kind of uh, not assembled. And he had to put the wheels on and the chain and these kind of things. And let's say she didn't know how to ride a bike. I have two girls. They're incredible. And uh, this is a picture God gave me that if, we, if I got this, we unpacked, unwrapped it over at Christmas, all excited about it, there would be work involved in assembling it together. There might be work involved in learning how to ride a bike. And there might be work involved in riding up a hill. Okay? But there's a difference between a gift that involves work and assignment that you do for your employer. You see, if I'm giving her a gift, we put it together, together. And we learn how to ride the bicycle together. And maybe I pull out my bicycle and we go ride together. Yeah, it's a gift from a father I'm not saying, here's my assignment for you. Put your bike together and go ride it. (laughs) I'm saying, I want to do something with you. Do you know the Bible says we're co-laborers with Christ? (laughs) That means I've got a gift for you. Let's open it together. Some of it will take some work. Some of it will take learning how to do things. But that doesn't mean it's an assignment. That just is part of the process of unwrapping your gift. God has called you to do some things, but it's not something we do for our employer and that we get to offer him one day and see, see how I did. He wants to co-labor with us. He wants to do this thing with us. He's like, I'm so excited. I'm coming to give gifts to you. You're more than your gift. You're the one I'm absolutely crazy in love with, but on top of who you are, look, let's do this together. I got something that's going to be fun for you, for us building a relationship. And I've got something that as we put it together and as we enjoy it together and build a relationship, it's going to bless somebody else at the same time. This is the calling on your life. Your calling is to unwrap a gift. Your calling is from a good father who gives good gifts. Not a mandate from heaven. That is from your boss. You might feel like a mandate, you might feel like a commission, but really it's a gift. 
He's readjusting our, our posture and understanding. Let's open this gift. He gave gifts out, not job assignments. I hope that makes sense to you guys. Let's, let's take it a little bit further. What about 1 Corinthians chapter 12? Uh-oh. Listen to this. You guys are going to see this now. Verse 4. Now there are varieties of gifts. Everybody say gifts. It's a variety of gifts, but the same spirit. <laughs> All right. Let me, let me propose this to you this morning. The gifts of a spirit are intended to be gifts and not torture. There's, <laughs> there's a certain way that God seems to give spiritual gifts. I don't know if you've had this happen. I've, I've seen it so many times that have happened in my life that I feel like it's kind of God's MO. This is kind of just how he does it. It's like God gives you a spiritual gift and you don't know what's going on. You don't know what's happening or how to use it. And for many people, it's really scary. And you're like, something's wrong with me. I remember staying for a month over in uh, my grandparents' house. They lived out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, they, their highlight, like one of the games the youth would play, is to drive like 20 minutes away to a Walmart and try to count how many people they knew there. And whoever knew the most people, they would win the game. Like, I mean, this is how, out in the middle of nowhere we were. And so I'm there for a month, and then something just happens to me. All of a sudden, I could feel in my body when somebody was a Christian or not. It started with people that I knew. And so I would get around someone that I knew was a Christian, and I felt like I was floating, like I was walking on the clouds. And then I got around someone I knew wasn't a believer, and I felt like my insides were being turned in knots. It was extremely painful. And then after a little bit, it would change. I didn't ask for this. I didn't know what was going on. I was 14 years old. I didn't know anything about discernment or what was going on in my life. All I knew is when I got by somebody, I would feel these things happen in my body. I was literally afraid to make that trip out to Walmart. I was glad to be in the middle of nowhere because whenever I got in a group of people, it was like going up and down. Oh, and I was in pain and then I was happy and I was in pain and I was floating. It was awful. I was like, God, what's going on? And many people have this kind of thing happen where God gives them something. He opens their eyes. They see in the spirit. And they're like, ah, let me go tell somebody what I'm seeing. And they think you need to get on medication and go see somebody. You know what I'm talking about? Or you start hearing voices. Oh, let me go tell somebody I'm hearing voices now. Or whatever. God starts showing you things and moving in your life. And you're like, what's going on? It's like God just gives you something. It's like he gives you this, this gift at Christmas, and it's in a box. I mean, can I hold your Bible for a second? It's like the, it, they, you get a, a present at Christmas time, and it's all wrapped up in a nice pretty box. You open it up, and it doesn't have batteries in it. You don't know what to do with it, how to use it exactly. And so you're fiddling around with it. And then finally, if a kid has that, what happens is they normally stop playing with a toy and start playing with the box. And we have this happen with spiritual gifts. We understand the Bible is the box. God begins to move in spiritual gifts in our lives. We don't know how to use them. We don't know what it's for. It's frustrating what's going on. What we end up doing is closing down the gifts of God in our lives, putting them aside and playing with the box. And they feel, thank you, we feel like 
the gifts of a spirit are torture. And I have found sometimes we just need to take a moment and repent because we're saying, God, why are you doing this to me? You're making me look like a fool. I have these things happen in my life and I think I'm going crazy. What is wrong with me? And we have to readjust ourselves at times to say, God, you know what? You intended this to be a gift. You didn't intend it to be torture. The gifts of a spirit come from a good gift giver. He's like so excited. I've got something for you. You just wait till you open it up. I know I'm not telling you what it is yet. It's a surprise. You open it, bam, you got it. Whoa. All right, now let's figure it out together. Don't put aside the gift and pick up the box and leave the gift behind. Stay playing with the gift because your gift is an invitation for a relationship. Why does he give you a gift and not tell you everything? Because he wants you to ask questions. He wants you to experiment. He wants you to grow and try things out because it's really about relationship. He is a good gift giver. God's giving gifts. He's not giving out torture. He's not giving out assignments. He's giving gifts. We need to understand how God has postured himself towards us. He has postured himself towards us as a good father who gives good gifts all the time. Right? Now, let's take this, make it a little more personal. You guys okay? All right. Hmm. The Bible says in Psalm chapter 118 and verse 24, this is the day which the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in Psalm 118, 24. The very day that we're living in is a gift from heaven. Sometimes we enter our day as if you enter it like you're in, in... relationship with an employer, then you're waking up thinking about your assignment. If you enter your day and you don't know you have a good father, then you're just trying to survive. But when you recognize the very day that we have is a gift, then what comes out of you is you rejoice in it. We rejoice because it's a gift. This very day is a gift to unwrap God. This is a gift from you. I get to receive your love and manifest it today. I get to receive your love and give it away today. You see, your highest calling is to receive love and give it away. And that is a great way to start your day. You think about, if you go back to Genesis chapter 1, it says that God blessed them, Adam and Eve, and then he told them to be fruitful and multiply, spread across the world, take dominion of the earth. Right? If you're familiar with scripture, you know what I'm talking about. Well, sometimes we jump ahead to take dominion of the earth. But it starts, the word literally starts with, and he blessed them. Yes, exactly. The Bible calls us to start our day, to start how we interact with our world around us by receiving God's blessing in our lives. Jesus said it this way, love others as I have loved you. 
The position that we live from is what we have received. God's not calling us to give something that we haven't received. He's calling us first to receive from a good heavenly father. This is the day you have made. Let's open it up together. I receive this opportunity to receive your love and to give it away today. That is my highest calling receiving your blessing, receiving your love. And then they, God blessed them, and then he turned his, his, their focus to each other. Be fruitful and multiply. Spread across the earth. Receive his love, and then give it away. This is a day you have made. This is my opportunity to receive your love, and then give it away. God didn't allow you to live another day so you could be tortured by existence. You're not an accident or a mistake. You're not a waste of space or time. You are God's dream come true. The Bible tells us in Acts, I believe it's 17, God picked the time and place that you would be alive. You're not living in the wrong time zone. You're not living in the wrong part of the earth. You're not living in the wrong, around the wrong people. God is excited about you being alive. And he's got a purpose and a plan for your life. And the first purpose is to love you. <laughs> When you know who you are, then you become the enemy's worst nightmare. When you know how God has postured himself towards you, then you can engage your day with life and with purpose, with fulfillment. You live as a person who is fulfilled, not live as a person who's trying to be fulfilled, and it changes everything. One more thing. Let me just bring this down home for you. Hmm. You might have heard this verse somewhere along the way if you're familiar with the Bible. If you haven't, I, I recommend you look it up. John chapter 3 and verse 16. Maybe you heard it somewhere. <laughs> For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Somebody say gift. Yes. He gave his only begotten son. I mentioned this way in the, earlier before I got in the message. God's ultimate demonstration of love for you is Jesus. This is so important for us to get. Romans chapter 5 and verse 8 says that God demonstrated his love towards us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. Listen to me very carefully. The Bible does not say, I will prove my love to you by making you the most talented person around. Does not say, I'm going to prove my love for you by giving you influence around the world. He doesn't say, I'm going to prove my love for you by giving you a family where everybody is crazy about you. He doesn't say, I'm going to prove my love for you by increasing your economic status. There is only one way the Bible tells us that we know we are loved. It doesn't go up and down according to how the day is going. It doesn't relate to what our ethnicity is. It doesn't relate to our economic status. It doesn't relate to our background. It doesn't relate to what anybody else thinks about us, what somebody did to us or didn't do to us or said to us or didn't say to us. All those things are not demonstrations of God's love for us or your value or your significance. One thing is the absolute assurance of who you are, and that is Jesus Christ coming and dying on the cross for you. He is the ultimate demonstration of love. Sometimes we're spending so much time looking in our lives for God to prove that he loves us when he already did. 
God is trying to free us because of the gift he gave. He's a father with good gifts. What he's longing for is for us to receive the gift he gave instead of trying to find a different one. Jesus is good, but what I really want is this. Then I'll know I'm loved. As long as we have somebody else's words above Christ, as long as we have our history above Christ, or what we have or don't have above Christ, then those things are idols in our lives. It's time for Jesus to be higher and everything else to bow its knee to him. I I grew up in a home that was broken. I grew up in a home where my mom was married several times. My dad was as well. That's not God's demonstration of love for me. I grew up around abuse. I grew up around drugs. I grew up around alcohol. That's not God's demonstration of love for me. That's a demonstration of being in a broken world that needs to know they're loved. So why should I have people tell me who I am and who I'm not who are just trying to survive themselves. Jesus said, don't let the blind lean the blind. They'll both fall in a ditch. Why don't we turn to the one who can see who you really are? When we turn to the one who can actually see, then our eyes can be healed and we can see. He's wanting to put salve over our eyes so they can be opened. It's time to stop falling in the ditch. It's time to stop living our lives in ways that we weren't created. You weren't created to be insecure. You weren't created to be selfish. You weren't created to be self-focused. You weren't created to be woe is me and all about me and I could just survive. And That's not who you're created to be. You were created by love in the image of love to become love. Amen. You're created to be free from yourselves and free to manifest God's love on the planet. Yeah. How do you get there? Receive the gift. Yeah. You know, you can receive Jesus for eternal life and not receive him as God's demonstration of love. You can receive Jesus as your Lord. You want to serve him and follow him and not receive him as God's demonstration of love. We got to get the right starting line. Jesus is absolutely crazy in love with you. And he can't help himself. He really likes you a lot. How do I know that? The Bible tells us when we give our lives to Jesus, he takes his spirit and joins with our spirit. The Holy Spirit is God's demonstration of how far away he wants to be. That's really good. And the Bible says the Holy Spirit will never leave us. He doesn't want to be away from you. He didn't say build a building, come and visit me once in your life. He said, I want to live in you. I never, ever want to be away from you again. Do you know who you are? Have you received the gift? We have a good father who gives good gifts. Some of us are trying to find our purpose in life and God hasn't told you something to do because if he did, you would try to do that and miss the point. It's really good. It's really good. He's saying, I want you to know who you are to me and what I call you to do is a gift to you and through you, but it's not about you. Yeah, it's really good. His gift 
of the Spirit for your life is an overflow. You're made in the image of a supernatural God, so it's natural for you to be supernatural. You're made in his image. Why would he not want to do things supernatural through you? But that's not the point. That's overflow. (laughs) It's just generous. He just wants to give us things. So what does an all-powerful God give? (laughs) Power. You will receive power when my spirit comes upon you. God's given you this day as a gift. This is your opportunity to open up today. I want to encourage you to begin your day for the rest of your life recognizing it's a gift to open, to explore, not an assignment to fulfill. You see, there's another verse after John 3.16. It's called 17. (laughs) And it says, Jesus said, I did not come into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through me might be saved. You see, Jesus is not a demonstration of the punishment of God. And the Bible does not say, I, behold, I am coming and my judgment is with me. Jesus said, behold, I am coming and my reward is with me. To give according. So we take this as a threat when we don't understand he's a gift. He said, coming to give to those according to what we have done. It's a total different mindset when you see he come, he's coming with rewards. He's looking for a reason to give you more gifts. He's not looking for a reason to disqualify you. <laughs> and as long as we live striving, trying to please someone who already likes us, then we won't be able to position ourselves to move forward. Have you ever tried to be friends with somebody you think doesn't like you? <laughs> Don't do that with Jesus. He already likes you. Live assuming he likes you. Live assuming that God likes it when you pray. You're not trying to earn your way to heaven and and pray some special prayer that all of a sudden will reach his ears. He already likes you. He's coming to give gifts to you. I want to close with a couple things today. Everybody say gifts. Gifts. God is giving gifts and not assignments. He's a father of gifts. In just a little bit, I'm going to have my friends and I just pray for anybody who wants prayer. And I just feel like God wants to bring a greater release. If you guys can wait like four minutes, I, I would appreciate it. If you got to go, I get it. I totally get it. Um, but the... We're going to pray for people for a greater gifts of your spirit, of the spirit of God being amplified and increased in your life. Before we do that, I want to ask everybody here just to take a moment and close your eyes with me. I don't know what you've been told about Jesus. I don't know where, what your background is. And, uh, you know, for all I know, you've been going to this church for the last 20 years. And... Uh, and you really, really, really love Jesus. But maybe there's somebody here that you, don't, you didn't know that Jesus is crazy about you. You didn't know that he has a plan for your life and is more to just 
exist. Maybe there's people here, you gave your life to Jesus some time back and, and you haven't really been serving him. You know how to, you know the right things to say. But you know there's a difference in your heart. I'm not here to threaten you with hell. I'm here to invite you to follow Jesus. And I want to ask you this question. I want to ask you to be honest within yourself. Are you right with God? If you've never given your life to Jesus, said, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life so I can be who I was created to be and do what I was created to do, then you're not right with God. It doesn't happen by accident. You make a decision to give your life to him. If you're someone who's said, Jesus, I want you to be in charge of my life a long time ago, and you're like, I don't know if I really meant it because my life doesn't back it up. Maybe you need to get right with God and just recommit that decision to follow him. So just a moment, I'm going to count the three. And I just want to ask if there's anybody here to let me know you want to get things right with God by slipping up your hand so I can see it. Because I want to pray with you, if that's you. But I want you to understand that this isn't uh, for the purpose of making me feel better. I already feel good about myself. Why? Because I've received the ultimate demonstration of love. This is for you. Are you right with God? All right, I'm going to count to three. If that's you, you say, I need to get things right today. Just let me see your hands so I know. One, two, three. Let me see your hands. If you're looking around to see if somebody else raised their hand, it's probably because you need to. And you're hoping somebody else will. <laughs> A few more seconds. Anybody here? Just, I'm not trying to embarrass you. I need to get things right with God. All right, now here's what I want to do. No one raised their hand. I'm going to guess you're telling the truth. If you're not, talk to me in person later if you change your mind. But... I want to pray for you. You're all here. We're all family. Remember the calling of God is be blessed and multiply and fill the earth. Jesus called us to fulfill that same mission. When we lead somebody to Jesus, we're multiplying and filling the earth. It's part of the gift from God for us is being able to lead people to Jesus. And I want to pray for you that you would see more people come to Jesus in your life. I want to encourage you to invite people to the service here. They need to encounter God. So Father, I bless these people today. I thank you for who you created them to be. And Lord, I pray anything that's good on my life in relation to evangelism and seeing people give their lives to you, Lord, I pray that I would rest on them in a powerful way. And they would be people that are wise among outsiders, according to your word. And people that release the power of heaven in meaningful ways so they can have people come to a place of knowing you are real. You're not a service. You're not a religion. But you are the living God that created all things. 
I pray for a spirit of evangelism, that you would put a heart for the lost and you would bring a, a, put a sickle in their hands. Make them harvesters. Make them the answers to other people's prayers. People that have been praying for their family. People who have been praying for their loved ones. Saying, God, send someone. Lord, I ask you to make them harvesters where other people have sown, where other people have prayed. They would meet somebody and it would be so easy to lead them to you that they would have to double check. Are you sure you really want to give your life to Jesus? Okay, wow, that was easier than I thought it would be. God, just pray for that ease. They're not trying to force somebody. They're not trying to manipulate they're not trying to get somebody to say a prayer. They're loving the people in front of them and sweeping people into the kingdom. I pray that there would be multitudes of people that would even come into these doors because this family has been multiplying, releasing your love in this community. I even bless their online presence and pray that Anybody that's watching this online, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, now is the time for you to do it. What I want you to do is talk to Jesus and ask him to be in charge of your life, and he will. At your starting place, start. Give, give him the control. Let him be in charge so that he can align you with who you're created to be. It's not a magic formula. Just talk to him and tell him you want him. That's how it starts. And you can contact this church or you can go to releasinglife.com, send us a message, we'll get you a book or something that'll help you start out a relationship with God. Father, I bless for evangelism in this house, in this community in a powerful way. In Jesus' name, amen.